Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good lad. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. Second captain, first captain, whatever. Soto Scalacci, Thierry Henry, Raul Nazare, Vincent Clerc. To this list of people who've broken the heart of Irish sport, you can add bloody Mira Potkonen from Finland, who has knocked Katie Taylor out of Rio 2016. You're very welcome to the Irish Times Second Captain's bonus Olympics podcast, where from Ken we were finished recording earlier on, and uh, then I'm going to be honest with you, I, I knew Katie was fighting at three, you said it in that podcast, I had assumed she'd just roll over her opponent and we could safely wait for a little bit later in the week for our Katie talk, but it uh, wasn't to be. Yeah, here we are, I'm afraid. Ken's here too, hi Ken. Hi Owen, how are you? I'm great, and Andy Lee has joined us. Andy, how are things? Uh... A bit depressed. Yeah, I'm shocked. But uh, are you? Yeah, are you sho- as shocked as the rest of us? Yeah, I. Uh, well, I am. I'm shocked um, by the how the fight went and 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 the outcome of the fight. You know. Um, well, she was robbed. I saw you tweeting. Yeah, I still need like heat of the moment, or it's, you? it's been literally what a couple of hours, an hour and a half it's since that, the yeah. fight, and uh, that's probably she probably still need time to digest it. But I thought she'd done enough, um, even though she didn't box nowhere near her best. Um, Huge credit to the Finn, you know, to her opponent. But um, I thought she'd won the first round. It was a good round, and she'd won it. It was a competitive round. She lost the second round. I thought she clearly, clearly won the third round, and the fourth round was closer. But I still think she finished the stronger. Mm. Um, and in my book, that's a win. You know, um, I think what, what went against her is a number of things. But I think um, her demeanor and how. She looked tired. She looked how um, her body language that she almost looked like a loser, you know. Um, at the end of the fight, she, I just she was kind of flailing her her. She looked, uh, she didn't look too eager to engage in exchange, and that's that's smart. But it seemed like that she wanted more of more. That was for a rest, more than tactical, you know. That she was in control of, but she just wanted to exchange, then move, but move because she was tired. That's, that's what it looked like to me. Bernard Dunn phrased the way he phrased it in commentary or on, on punditry was there was no confidence in her performance. I, I agree with that. That's that's a very good statement. 
amazing when you think it's Katie Taylor. Yeah, well, um, I went to see her um, about about two weeks before she left to go over to Rio. Um, she was born in the stadium with Eric Donovan, and um, to me, she looked tired then. And uh, I, she was training very hard. Now she was sparring him, and he's a lot, he was a lot heavier, and also obviously a, a male boxer. Um, so she'd be up against it, but she just looked tired. And uh, we were sitting around after the after the training session. We we're kind of having a conversation with everybody in the room, and I tried to. I was trying to hint that overtraining is probably the the biggest fear for her, or the biggest could be her downfall. You know, at this stage in her in her career, she's got so much experience. Um, obviously, the class and the know how how to how to win tournaments. But um, coming to, coming, you know, thirty years old, coming up against younger girls who are improving all the time, that she has to be fresh going in there and. To me, she just looked. She looked. Uh, even then, she looked overtrained, and and that's what I thought when I was watching her box. So this is what sorry you said two weeks before the Olympics, yeah, roughly. Yeah. Because well, th- yeah. before she left, the lads went over ten days before her, yeah. um, because her competition didn't start till so late. She had left it. Um, she was to arrive at a later date. Eric Donovan had said that he felt that she was getting better as the sparring went on, mm. but that you know clearly. Yeah, they would said that that this was a big improvement. The session that I had watched was a big improvement. Oh, okay, the so the one you ones. watched was meant to be a lot yeah. better, and you still just you thought there was something off with her. Um, yeah, I just okay. thought that she, uh, she looked. T- and when I was when I was saying when I was make trying to say like be careful, don't overtrain. I could see she was trying to encourage me to say it more, or that she wanted she was agreeing with me, but didn't feel she had she had the authority or that it wasn't her place to say I want to take it easy that's mm. that's what I, that was my feeling now it's only personal I could be completely wrong but that was my that was my feeling in the room when I when I left there I went home and my wife would be who'd know Katie pretty well that said how is she doing what and I'd said the one word I said was she looks tired who else who, who else was in that conversation did you say uh, well Zoranti was there yeah. um uh, one of the second coaches who I can't think of his name now. Okay. And um wasn't wasn't John Conlon or, or Eddie. Um but somebody else there. And so you got you were kinda of shooting the breeze Yeah, and Eric was there. So yeah, we were just kinda of talking the about the training and how a preparation was. And you going. felt it was important to leave that message there with yeah, you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I and I don't know. Maybe maybe it wasn't well we don't know. Yeah. We don't I know asked I asked so why 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 are you training her like this? Because a lot of time he was making her intentionally stay up on her toes and use a lot of work with her legs, which and a lot of fainting, which burns up so much energy, and um, he said we have a special plan. Um, there's a couple of opponents. Uh, I assume he was alluding to the girls who had beaten her. That this was the plan that they were going to use to beat the, to beat those girls. Mm. This style of boxing. Surely, Katie, at the stage of her career she's at, would be able to have a reasonable input into her own training and her own tactics. Yeah. Um, I, you just don't know the dynamic between coach and boxer, especially when it's been there from the start. When she's worked closely with Zoe all her, all her career, um, I can remember when Zoe first turned up in 2003. Katie was only maybe 15, 16, and even then they started working together. And Pete Taylor was instrumental in moving Zoe Antia to Bray when he moved, when he came to Ireland. He made sure he got a house in Bray. Um, and his reasoning was for to be close to Katie. The, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think 
like Pete Taylor's absence is the biggest, surely the biggest contributing factor to this. This is her dad, her coach. He's not there for the Olympics. It, the, the story first emerged last November. Just looking back at this, Ken Orti, uh, Orti had a story. Katie Taylor's father, Pete, has decided to step away from her corner ahead of her bout with Sean O'Keefe, blah, blah, blah. Pete Taylor has been at her daughter's side for over 10 years, overseeing this great period. He said he has every intention to return for either the Olympic qualifiers in Istanbul or the World Championships in Kazakhstan in April and May and revealed that her brother Lee will be taking his place alongside Zorantia, sorry, Katie's brother Lee. Uh, Taylor cited the stress of watching his daughter in the ring as one of the reasons he's taking a break but said he'll be at the same to cheer on. We're trying new things at the moment so we'll see how it goes, he added. Um, she, he obviously never came back, uh, certainly not before the Olympic Games. In February, Katie was asked about it. Yeah, she was doing um, she was doing a kind of uh, Q&A with reporters for Sky. Uh, you know, she's... Uh, uh, Sky Ireland, one of her sponsors, and um, actually, there's a couple of interesting quotes from this. Just in just in light of what you've been saying there, Andy, because um, the piece that I was uh, reading, the report on this, mentions an old quote from Katie Taylor: "I wouldn't be where I am without my dad. He's a genius." We we know obviously the respect that she had for her dad. I always feel like the freshest boxer going into competitions. He's looking for ways for me to improve all the time. I trust everything he says. That's Katie Taylor talking about her dad in 2012. Um, She's spoken again uh, on the subject in February, why he's not only the coach. Uh, and her comment was, well, I'm lucky to have Zora Antti there. He's always been in my corner, so I'm very lucky to have him there. It's great to have the support of everyone around me. Uh, and obviously she's pressed on this, you know, what? Uh, she said that my dad is still involved in the preparations I do. Uh, so she was then asked, well, to what extent? And she says, well, he's my father, so he's still my dad at the end of the day. That's the most important role. He's entitled to take a break. I owe so much to my dad and what he's done for me, and it's hard work doing what he's done, so he's entitled to a break. They say, well, was it your decision or was it his decision that he's no longer your coach? She said, I think you'll have to speak to him about that. I'm not going to answer any questions. All I can say is my preparation is going fantastic, and I absolutely love my family, and I wouldn't be anywhere without them. So something's clearly happened there uh, for him that hasn't been explained. I mean, I think we, we, we can clearly say that nobody from the camp has really given a full explanation as to... What he's not, why he isn't there? Yeah, I don't know if it's any of our business. You know, um, it's between them. But there's obviously been a professional breakdown in their in the you know working relationship. And maybe you know who would know her or Katie better than her dad? You know, and and in terms of keeping her fresh, it's very interesting that she said that. That mm. I feel like I'm the freshest because at this stage I didn't like whatever it was two or three weeks ago. It's, she appeared far from fresh to me. And um, maybe that was his job, you know, in terms of Zoll was handling the, the coaching day-to-day and the tactical and technical side of things. Maybe it was job, his job was to take care of Katie. And uh, maybe that's been, you know, him not being there could have been one of the factors in, in her, to me, not looking as fresh in the ring. Yeah, well, and, it's sure, surely it's a huge factor. Just mm-hmm. to how this season has gone for her generally, I don't know if you agree with this. I don't want to be putting statements. I suppose I'll ask the question, how much of an impact do you think her dad, whatever has happened there, her dad not being involved has had on what's been a bit of, I expect to use the word disaster. I hate using that in sporting terms. Mm. But, you know, it's been a terrible year for her now. Yeah. um, Yeah, it's it's unquantifiable, I think. But it's obviously had an effect. And, you know, even just having him there as a comfort you know um when the pressure is on and when she's 
lonely in the village or away from home and I know she's quite you know likes to be at home with her family that having her dad there would be mm. a comfort um, I just don't know if we can sum it up or what we can say t- t- to measure the, infe- the, the, the effect or the, the impact it's had on him not being there um, and I like but you know you, for example like there's, mm. there's all the, the buzz made about Billy Walsh's absence mm. last week and we talked a bit about that and as you said you outlined very clearly how, how big a role or how brilliant Zoranti is while mm. also saying that those guys did work well as a team. But this would seem a more obvious one, a more direct... Yeah. It, it's, her, it's not only her coach, it's her dad, and it's, it, they've been what's, what's inextricably linked right through her mm. career. He was very protective of her. That was one thing. Um, he was always there to answer questions even, you know, and, and, and to shield her from all from some things. But... You look at the last, whatever, 18 months in Irish amateur boxing and the change, it, it has to have had an effect, Billy not being there um, with the lads and and Peter not being there with Katie has had to, you know what I mean? Because even though Zor is the man on the, on the floor and the, and the coach and, and an extremely intelligent and capable fella, whatever elements that each of these individuals brought to the team, it was working. Mm. And the fact that it's they're no longer there. It's hard to replace. It's I don't know if we're ready to do this, but we might as well play the post-fight interview here. This was jo- her speak. Katie speaking to Joe Stack on RT TV. Obviously, a lot of people might have been at work, mightn't actually have seen the fight happening. So, here's the interview. It's very cruel to have to ask a fighter to sum up their feelings of obvious disappointment. But Katie, give me your reaction. <laughs> I yeah. understand how difficult it is, Kate. Yeah. Yeah, it's very. Okay. Yeah. I said it's very disappointing. Um, it's been a very, very tough year. Um, suffered a, you know, a lot of losses this year, and it's very, very, very hard to take. But the Olympics is a dream for me, and um, I. You know, I came in here, you know, prepared very well. I gave it my best shot, and it just didn't happen. Sometimes the plans, you know, having your heart aren't the same as God's plans. But I just have to thank everyone for all the support, the prayers. I'm so humbled by that, and um, you know, God, God is so great. It's such a privilege and an honor to be here, and I just have to thank everyone for the support. It looked very tight watching it from here, Katie. How did you feel in the ring? Did you feel it was going your way, or how did you read the contest as it was ongoing? Yeah, I thought um, I thought you probably won the second round, but I thought the other two rounds, went, the other three rounds went my way. But again, it's very it's hard to call the five, and then you know I have to obviously look back in the fight. But you know, it's just very disappointing if I should be beating those girls. And uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about it really. Just those girls shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't be beating me, I don't think. And Katie, do you think the lack of, a, of an initial contest that other fighters have, is that affecting the Irish boxers at these games? The buying not always a good thing. Yeah, the, the, that's it. I mean, it was a long wait over here, but I, it's, um, I, I, can't, I can't blame that. I, I prepared very well in the lead-up to this fight, and I felt very well prepared coming into this fight. I'm very confident, and I think every one of the Irish boxers are coming into this competition very well prepared, but... Um, it's hard to keep that level of consistency going as well. And um, 
every 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 fight is, is a, a very close fight, and the judging is very subjective, and um, it's hard to call them a lot of time. As a gold medalist, as a world champion, as numerous European champions, you realise you owe your sport nothing. Albeit after the huge disappointment of today, you owe the Irish fans nothing. I, I really appreciate that. And just thanks again, everyone, for the support over the, especially over this last year. Yeah, you can really hear me if we were watching that together. And the even on the audio, the those pauses at the start and at the end, it's they're the most. Yeah, they they say more than any of the words. I think to be honest, we've never because we've never seen it. We haven't seen her put in. Okay, she's lost a couple of fights recently, and she was robbed in Bulgaria or some such place mm. years ago. But uh, on the biggest stages, we're just not, you're used to seeing her winning, smiling, walking away, and then you have to watch her face sort of contorted in this yeah. pain. It was tough. Yeah, uh, to be honest, it's one of those situations where. Actually, before the interview starts, you can see, you know, like her face was covered with a towel and the second she took the towel off, it was like, oh, this is just going to be horrible to watch. Yeah, I thought they were going to restart it for a second. You could hear, there was just a split second there where she wasn't saying anything and you could hear Joe Sack saying, okay, yeah, I thought he might have been going back to studio or something, but then he went, they did really well, obviously, and then she did amazingly to (laughs) regain her composure and say some words. uh, How did you find that watching it then? It was tough, yeah. yeah. I was no, uh, actually nearly in tears myself watching it because I know how much it means to her and what she's gone through. But she said to herself to, to, to keep that level of consistency, you know, for the number of years she's been champion and uh, boxing at the highest level. It's, it's, it's extremely hard, you know. I don't know if I'll ever see it again, you know, like someone to be at the top for so long, and especially in an improving sport all the time where the competition's getting... More and more competitive every, every with every tournament, the opposition improve. Yeah, and when we look back at the the, the career of Katie Taylor in ten, twenty years' time, what people will remember will be London twenty twelve, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's, I guess it's just unfortunate that all this has happened that she couldn't just maintain that longevity into one more tournament and pull it off. It's always going to be one more tournament, though, isn't it? You know, you're gonna, <laughs> yeah, even for well, but, her. The, but the Olympics particularly, yeah. just just back to back Olympics yeah. had a pretty sweet. She winter. probably was ready for the Olympics in in. 2008 you know um, there was talk and she'd went over there for a test match at before the world championships and stuff and she was probably at a you know peak in London and um, we're seeing her now you know mm. 30 year old and to be at the top for so long it's like I said it's extremely hard so Michael Conlon is the only fighter left <laughs> now uh, we were having a, we were trying to remain optimistic last week Andy when you were in unfortunately yeah. it hasn't uh, I also think taken off since um like the reporter from RT alluded to, that the fact that they've been waiting around for so long and that, you know, Katie's opponent had a, had a fight, has had a fight already, she's beaten the Brazilian girl. And that's, you know, three rounds of, 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 of sharpness picked up, being out, going through the routine of weighing in on the day, get, uh, going to the dressing room and mentally preparing. And the same thing happened with Joe Ward. You know, I think having the buy sometimes, a lot of times in boxing, although you always want the buy in the draw, it doesn't always work out that way that it works out well for you now yeah is it the uh, I mean have you, we were talking at that point about Zorantia and the fact that he was untested in this mm. kind of as the the main guy but that you we would have hoped that his coaching skills would have carried him through are there questions to be asked to Zor now he was on TV afterwards basically giving out about the judges saying that Katie won the fight and he, um, wasn't, he, he wasn't he actually wouldn't even accept the premise that she lost the fight therefore why did she lose it does he have questions to answer I, not sorry, not so much. I don't sore. know if he has. A, yeah. are, are there questions about how the whole thing is organised? I think so. Yeah, yeah. and, and so. even Gary Keegan hasn't been really replaced over over the. Uh, well, Billy Walsh has not been replaced in terms of 
when Gary Keegan moved on to the Institute's board, uh, Billy kind of fulfilled his role, took his job, and yeah. did a lot of the administration, a lot of the planning. And that role's never been filled. Um, like, there's no high-performance director for boxing at the moment. There hasn't been, you know, since... I don't know, since Gary left or when Billy left. Billy, well, Billy effectively left, you know, because Billy took the role. So these are the questions that have to be asked, you know, and, um, you know, like for Zor to be to carry on both jobs, to coach at, with the intensity and the level that he was, is also having this other way of of administration, of planning, of, of organizing training camps, and, um, and now as well dealing with media and being in the fire line. I just think it was it was probably too much of an ask. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like maybe it wasn't as obvious because Billy was good with the media, mm. you know, and he was, you know, he was good from an administrative point of view. But at the same time, he was he was nearly press ganged into replacing Gary Keegan, and Gary Keegan is actually the the, the model for that role. You know, yeah. a guy who's very very well, like a very well spoken, you know, guy with a history of getting the very best out of athletes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not just as a boxing coach. I mean, maybe it's just more obvious because Zor, you know, he doesn't have English as in his first language, I mean, as a communicator to the media. But it, but really, you know, he's replacing Billy Walsh, you know, in as a, as a technical coach, but also as a communicator when he's just really, that's not, that's not his, and his strength. And like, Billy being there from the start, being the head coach from the start, and since, like, the, the guys who are in the team now would have been juniors and youth youth boxers, and Billy Walsh was the head man, the man they all they all wanted to impress and you know talk to at the national championships. And if he said a good word for you, it made your day. And now, and also he was a disciplinarian. Billy, he kept all those lads in line, and and he took no you know no BS from anybody. You know he uh, kept them all in line. And, and I don't know, like Zor being the second guy, now being the top guy, did they have the same level of respect in in, the, in that sense? You know, in terms of um, they might have been, they felt they could get away with it a little more. And the fact that, like, it came out that Michael Riley, and I kind of knew this, and I knew there's been stories about him in the past, and I couldn't really say because I can't go around talking about people, you know, that I don't know from first hand. Um, but the fact that Michael Riley didn't turn up for training for eight weeks before the Olympics and then just turns up um, out of shape, that's, what, that's just the report I heard. from. I was speaking to somebody over there in the camp that he... He t- we met him at the airport. He was out of shape. Right. Well, we still don't know. I mean, that's so. It's it's very strange to be seen. We still yeah, haven't like, from the camp or from anybody. What exactly? I think there has to be a full review. Yeah, there need to be a there needs to be a full review from from whoever the IABA or whoever to like we've punched above our weight for so for, well not for so long but for the last number last two Olympics and uh, this one is just you know find ourselves in position yeah. and. Uh, it's a reality check for everybody because these medals aren't guaranteed. They're never like certainties. Mm-hmm. And um, there has to be a f- you know, level of performance in the gym and in the ring, but also the whole team has to be performing in terms of everything that goes on, the administration, the, the planning. and Yeah. That's what, that's what I think it has to be. Over to you now, Michael Conlon, for the rest of the week. <laughs> uh, no, no pressure at all. Uh, no pressure. I'll just yeah. single-handedly save Irish boxing. You know, Thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen. Thanks, Thanks very Andy. much, Ken. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks Andy. Brilliant Thanks. stuff. Uh, we've already got two podcasts out today. Loads of other Olympics chat. Hurling. What more Premier do you League. want from us, people? Yeah, we, got, we should leave the studio somewhere. It's very warm in here, actually. We better go. Thank you. Which one is that? That's the second time it's gone off.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.